didn't get one, maybe there's some in the, maybe there's a few in the back. I want you to have these notes. I want you to learn them, uh, live it, and, and this is going to be so helpful. This is completely intersecting with our culture today, completely intersecting where we are in 2020, <coughs> 2022, and so I hope it'll be uh, a help to you. Ephesians chapter 4, maybe it'd be good if the pastor got there. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm so excited and so happy. I don't even have the right text. I, I could preach from Genesis. wouldn't be that interesting because I don't have any notes. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, <clears throat> and let's start in verse 20. One more time, if you're willing and able, stand and read God's Word. Those of you that uh, are on nursery duty and all, I don't remember, Andre said there was a few folks, uh, you may want to check in back there, just make sure they don't need any more help. Ephesians 4, verse 20, I'll read it, you follow along. You got your Bibles open if you want to follow along the notes. If you don't have a handout, hardenvalleychurch.com slash app, A-P-P. You can follow along the notes for today. But you have not so learned Christ. The word learned there is monthano. It's the same word. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and, and, and you will find rest for your souls. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Come and get beside me. Come and be my disciple. Come and let my life influence and impact yours. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. You're not admiring Christ. You're being transformed by Christ. That you put off, verse 22, concerning the former conversation, great old word, lifestyle. The old man, if you underline, highlight in your Bible, your app, do that. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man, which after God's created in righteousness in true holiness. We've been talking about walking worthily. We've been talking about a growing church is full of changed lives. It's full of changed lives. We gave the absolutely darkest, blackest description last time. Horrendous view of people without Christ. And now he flips the page. This is what you get to experience if you are his follower. Pray with me one more time. Father, Front to back, left to right, I pray you'd speak to hearts. Help me to preach your word with power and authority. May I, may I speak clearly and enunciate well. May I understand the time. And <coughs> Lord, I, or my heart's so full, I, I want to deviate so badly, but I, 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 the power's in the text, the power's in your word, not my, not my testimony. So I, I pray you'd, you'd honor the word this morning. Help us, I ask. And I pray you receive glory. Speak to every heart. Help us to hear, understand, and obey. So, Spirit of God, use me and fill me. Preach, I pray. Draw, convict. We love you and we need you. I pray we be obedient here. in Jesus' wonderful name. And amen. You can be seated. <laughs> be seated. We said last time, said last time he just really, verse 17 through 19, he just said one thing. He said, he said don't live like lost people. You folks that say you know Jesus, don't live like lost people. And I just want to take a little bit of survey here. I usually start over here. I'll start over here today. Jonathan, I need you. I need your brain in particular here. I need your brain in particular. And, uh, and if, if your brain gives out, Jeff, you give him some of yours. Jeff and Jeff, you give him some of yours. Yeah. There's nine Jeffs over here on this side. So you ever had people say they were Christians and didn't live like it and it annoyed you? Anybody over here? All right. Nobody's raising their hand, but I got a bunch of drinking birds. All right. Very good. Anybody here in the middle? Say they were Christians or go to church or something, and then they drop F-bombs and don't live like they're supposed to, and they hurt Jesus' name, and it annoyed you. Anybody in the middle? That kind of behavior annoyed you. I like like nine of you. The rest of you are convicted. You can go ahead and go for it. 
And, uh, all right, and then over here, anybody? Their inconsistency, they ought to know better, or maybe they just don't know Jesus at all, but but, but that whole thing drives you crazy because it made you look bad by comparison, right? With all you could, anybody that ever bugged you, bothered you? All right, you guys running for office, you're not going to raise your hand? All right, don't want to, yeah, my friends, some of my friends are for it, some against it, and I'm for my friends, I got it, I got it, all right. And he addresses that here, he addresses that. I quoted uh, uh, John Stott famously said in those verses that Paul here summarizes really Romans and Galatians in a sense. And he said they're struggling. The law's people are struggling. They're They're on a slope. And they start with darkness. They start with, excuse me, excuse me, they start with hardness. And their hearts are hard, and they, they do not want the truth. I, I think sometimes we're guilty of this. We talk about church attendance like we're, like we're, we're trying to meet some kind of quota. Like, like they talk about the football games or whatever. They had 52,000. They had 104,000. Like, that's the measure of success. <clears throat> I think we all talk, hey, we had, we had this many people receptive to the truth of the Scripture. With this many people being, I can't wait to be in the house of the Lord. I can't wait to be in the Word of God on Monday morning because I want to, because that shows that my heart is tender and not hard. You know you're always in spiritual trouble. Somebody's begging you and, and buffeting you and dragging you. You know there's something that's there. In fact, he calls it a calloused heart that's there. And that, that hardness starts. There's hardness, then there's darkness, and then there's deadness, and he ends up with recklessness. And you can look back last week and watch it on YouTube, <coughs> and, and the notes and all are there. And you can see that it may not be as radical for everyone, but everyone is on the steps downward who doesn't know Christ. We're stunned when evil shows its true face. Instead of going, no, that's what the Bible said the whole time. That's why it's foolish to talk about people outside of the faith as great people, as good people. No, they're just, they're just here. That's true for all of us. That's no slam. That's no slack. That's just it. Life apart from God doesn't get better. Life apart from God gets worse and worse and worse to the point where we don't care what we do and we don't care who we hurt and we don't care who, who we do. In fact, he even uses that expression here. If you're in the scripture, you got it open. Go to chapter 4. Go back up to verse 19. Who being past feeling, giving themselves over into lasciviousness, all kinds of sexual sin to work all uncleanness with greediness. It's all about them, and it's all about pleasure, no matter who it hurts. That, by the way, is what Netflix sells 24-7. That, by the way, is what brings us into the box office. That, by the way, is what fuels <coughs> the online surge and all that, because this is where we are. Man, don't, don't act like lost people. Don't act like lost people. This is how they act. I gave you a quote there. I think I put it in your notes. We're to think differently, respond to truth differently, and act differently. We're to think differently, respond to truth differently, <coughs> and we're to act differently. How many of you think that'd be just a great, that'd be just a great, great thing, right? How many of you think we'd have revival in East Tennessee? We'd have revival in the East Coast. We have revival. We just did those three things, right? We responded to truth differently. We quit saying, well, that's your opinion, or that's a good idea or whatever that is, <laughs> instead, and instead we just said, no, that's what the Bible says. There's a great southern gospel song with terrible theology. God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it. It is a catchy tune, but it is rotten theology. It should be, God said it, and that settles it. 
Doesn't matter what I do with it. God said it in that so my response either brings blessing or dis or, or bring blessing or cursing. It either gives me the thrill of obedience or it gives me the opportunity to be chastised. So when we look at that, for years and years I work with young people. I mean years. <clears throat> the people who heard that I eventually did other things uh, kind of chuckle about it. Um, I have teenagers who every now and then send me a note and go, Brother Rodney, you remember when you froze a rubber fish and threw it at people who weren't paying attention on Wednesday night? And I'm like, thank God there wasn't camera phones back then, you know. <laughs> Kid be slunched over. We had uh, about four publics or about four public schools, two Christian schools in our youth ministry. So we'd have 25, 35, 45 folks on Wednesday night. We always had a little bit of game time, get them worked up. <coughs> and then, then I, we'd settle into the Bible lesson and all I preach at it. And so I found this plastic, flimsy, flubber fish. And so I'd run out of things to do with it. Because there was only so many things I could do inside without breaking stuff. And then I accidentally, I don't remember exactly how I did, but I froze the thing. And so we played with it. And, and the more we threw it, the softer it got. And so it became the thing. Who let it hit them? Because when it was a brick, it stung. <laughs> and so we did that. And so I, they don't remember my Bible lessons or anything I did there. But they, hey, we had a frozen fish. And we threw it at each other. And so we worked with that. Well, part of that deal is going to junior camp. Going to junior camp. And there are special crowns in heaven if you take junior age children away from their parents to overnight camp. I'm convinced. It isn't in the Bible, but it's got to be there. And you take them there, and some are thrilled to be there, and some, man, they're homesick from four, you know, four minutes out of, out of home base. And they get there, and then they find people. And it's not that. It's not the homesickness. It's not the rough housing. It's the fact that particularly the young men will not bathe. Will not. And you ask them, did you take a shower? Uh-huh. And what they meant is they went swimming. And they went swimming. And so you do that. And so, I remember the first time I took a group off, and I was responsible for them, came back, we got them back. <clears throat> I'm thanking God we got there and got back safely. And it's been a great week. Some of them made decisions for Christ, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I think first camp I went, did like that. It was a couple of hundred uh, uh, junior-age kids. And, <laughs> and we get back, and, man, my phone starts ringing. And his parents, I'm like, oh, man. You ever, you know, and then this is, uh, and, and this was back before caller IDs. Anybody here old enough to remember? All right. Back for car ID, and I don't think I had enough money to have a, uh, have a, any kind of answer machine or anything like that. And the mom called. She said, I'm so sorry, Brother Rodney. And I said, okay. Said, uh, I'm just, uh, I don't know what to do, and I'm really sorry. I said, well, ma'am, it's fine. Thank you for apologizing. If I could ask, why? Why are you apologizing? She said, well, whatever. Fred came home with all clean clothes. I said, I don't understand. Again, I'm single. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Said he came home with all clean clothes. I said, okay, I'll do better, uh, you know, because I'm stuck, you know. I'm scared of this woman. I don't know why I'm so, but I'm, and she said, she said, he didn't change clothes all week. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I feel like I should be apologizing to you. And she said, he's been taught better, I promise. He takes a bath at home. Anyway, and she hangs up, and 30 minutes later, somebody else calls. I mean, it's going all night. And there's all these women, and a few men, but all these women at church Sunday grabbing me. I want you to know, I've addressed this with Fred. And uh, he goes to camp next year. If he comes home with all clean clothes, so, so I instituted a rule. So on Friday, or wherever the last day of camp was, I don't care what it was, you change clothes. I don't care what it was. 
I couldn't make them, I couldn't make them bathe, I didn't feel like, but I can make them change clothes. You're going home at least looking different than you came in. And you're going you're gonna to do that. You're going to do that. And then about two or three years in, I'm like, man, I just need to go through with a handful of sand, just throw it in a bag. At least it looks like they changed clothes this week. And, uh, and, this, and this kind of thing. We took a group on a rewards trip to, uh, rewards trip to uh, Orlando and, and did, the, did some things. This is a long time ago. And we were there, and uh, I was chaperoning. I wasn't leading the trip. And had a mom come in, a teenager, said, you need to watch so-and-so. He'll try not. He'll try not shower the whole time he's there, and uh, I said, "What am I supposed to do about it? You need to make him shower." I'm like, "The boy's 15, and uh, two inches taller than I am." So sure enough, day or two, hot Florida sun. I look at him. I go. I call his name. <laughs> he watches these services. I gotta be careful. And uh, I call his name and I say, "Hey man, did you shower?" <laughs> Goes in, comes out, real fast. I say, do you use soap? Oh, back in, back out again. I'm thinking, man, I, I'm never going to be a parent. I can't do this. And, uh, and all these kind of things. We understand all of that. And he uses pictures that we understand. He's going to talk about a schoolhouse or learning. He's going to talk about changing our wardrobe. He's going to talk about changing us. He's going to talk about a new creation. So what is it like? If I'm not to live like lost people, easy enough, and what does it mean if I'm going to live differently? What does it mean if I'm going to live differently? And just a few ideas. Number one, your relationship to Jesus is different. If Jesus has changed your life, your relationship to him is different. He's no longer a historical fixture. A fixture. He's no longer an ideal. How many of you like me? You meet people where Jesus is an ideal. Love your neighbor, be kind to people. But they don't have a relationship with him. Not been like had their life transformed by him. He's just an ideal like the Bible. People talk about the Bible <coughs> like it's some concept like honor or love instead of life-changing, life-giving truth given from the Lord. Go back if you would. Your Bibles are open there. You're in chapter 4. Go to verse 20. <clears throat> but you have not so learned Christ. You're to live differently. You're to be different because of your encounter with the living, resurrected Lord. Everything changes because you have met Jesus. Say, well, I like learning about Jesus. Great. I like thinking about Jesus. Great. But you are, have entered into a relationship. I gave you the quote there. When you became a Christian, Marita says... You didn't merely just learn about the teaching of Jesus. You develop a relationship with him. You have encountered. You are now in Christ. He goes through three or four different ways. Let me help you with a couple of them. <coughs> I gave you the quote there. Let me give you a couple of them. Christ is the subject. He's the subject. Coming to Christ, being a follower of Christ, all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Not about good works. Not about nice things. Not about confirmation. Not about getting wet. <coughs> not about getting sprinkled, not about all those kind of things, is if you can say, I did this, then you don't understand verse 20. If instead you say, Jesus did this, then you're getting there. It's a relationship that he is initiated, and he is the subject of. You ask people, sometimes you're right with God. Well, I was confirmed at this age. I was baptized at this age. I raised my hand here. If he's not transformed your life, I wonder if you've ever had, if you ever entered into a relationship with him. By the way, somebody say amen to that. Our place, our, our country is full, and our churches are full of people who have given lip service to God and have never experienced life change. He is the subject. He's the teacher. He's the teacher. There in verse 20, you still with me? Say amen. If so be you have heard him. 
and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. He's the subject. He's the teacher. He's the teacher. He is the one who is the instructor. Again, that word there, Montano, he is the master. He's the, he's the discipler. He is the one you've come up under. Again, I, I've almost stopped using the word Christian because it doesn't mean anything, <coughs> anything in this decade. It hasn't meant anything for a minute. It almost has a political terminology, which bugs me because it's such a great word. I just say follower of Christ. I think that fits real well. Are you a follower of Christ? If you're a follower of Christ, these three things are true. <coughs> Your relationship with Jesus is different. He was the subject matter. He is the teacher. Excuse me. In the whole atmosphere, the whole classroom is about him. You're still there in verse 20 is, or 21. As the truth is in Jesus is all about him. It's all about him. Sometimes I'll pray that way. Lord, help me make much of you today. Help me make much of you today. It's all about him. <coughs> Worship is about him. The music ought to be about him. The scripture is about him. Your life ought to be about him. Your relationship with Jesus is changed. If he's just interesting to you, if he's just an object to you, if he's just something that you, an ideal to you, then, then I wonder if the rest of this is true. See, it's hard to live differently if your relationship with, excuse me, impossible to live differently if your relationship with Jesus hasn't changed. One writer said it like this, that a little girl was going to get her flu shot. Anybody in here ever had a flu shot? One of the advantages of my illness is that is off the table. Several things like that are off the table. This is a live virus, a sort of live virus. <coughs> and uh, and, or, and or my, uh, my numbers aren't high enough to take it. So, so they say, have you had your flu shot? And I go, no, because you won't give it to me. Oh, and a really angry nurse got really uppity with me, and then she had to apologize, and that was great. And, uh, and uh, she's with me. <coughs> but they do that, so little girl's getting her flu shot. Said, 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 honey, which arm would you like it in? And the little girl thought for a minute and said, mommy's. <laughs> well, mommy can't take your shot. And mommy and daddy can't believe for you. And grandma's faith doesn't do you any good other than to inspire you. And her prayers can help convict you that you be drawn to the truth. It's an individual decision. And Jesus here, in the relationship that you have with him, that you have with him. Not only that, your relationship with Jesus is different. But then your relationship to sin and holy living is different. <clears throat> now I thought about wearing suspenders to preach this because we're going to have to strap in for a second because if you say man following Jesus ought to translate into living differently now we're in a mess right because that's not what we believe anymore right I can do this and do this <clears throat> I can do this and do that I was uh, I was picking up kids years ago on a church fan and, uh, and a guy was taking his, his ADD ADHD medicine and, uh, and I said what are you doing he said, I'm taking my, taking my medicine to help me not be jittery. I said, what's in your hand? He said, a snicker bar. I said, what's in, what's in, what are you drinking? He said, a Dr. Pepper. I said, you're taking your, your anti, I'm not trying to be funny, I don't remember, ADD, ADHD medicine with a snicker bar and with a, with a Dr. Pepper? He said, yeah, that's what I always do. I said, how does it work? Not well. And, uh, and so he got on, we peeled him off the ceiling and, and got him into junior church and uh, the lady running it resigned. And uh, I'm kidding, didn't do that. Your relationship to Jesus is different. Your relationship to sin and holy living is different. You're there, I want you to circle, underline a few things. 
<clears throat> Go to verse 21. If so be that you have heard him and by taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. He does make the disclaimer, verse 21. I don't want to skip it. But there's a difference between saying you know Christ and actually knowing Christ. There's a difference. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be combative, but it is illustrative. He makes sure that it's real, that, that the shot hadn't gone in mama's arm. Verse 22, he starts, he's got three, three little phrases, three little verbals, three little infinitives that you put off. Verse 22, be renewed. Verse 23, verse 24, that you put off. Excuse me, that you put on the new man. And so I want to focus on the, your relationship. Then. So he starts off and he says, you need to put off the old self. You need to put off the old self. There's disagreement and an argument. Pastor Honeycutt <clears throat> is learning. He may take a, a different approach. There's several of you in here, Bible students and all. There's some that say this, this just only refers to what happens at salvation. And that these have already occurred. So you put off the old man. You've been renewed in your minds. <clears throat> and then you're put on the new man. And I would agree these happen at salvation. I really would. But I do think these are characteristic of the believer's life now. I think the Scottish preacher was on to something. Be killing sin or sin be killing you. Be killing sin or sin be killing you. Not real good English, but it's mighty fine in theology. So put off the old self. See what those junior age boys didn't do, man. They didn't. They didn't change their clothes. They didn't change their clothes. All these years of working with teenagers, young people, and all. I learned one thing. If you've got to pick something up and smell it, to know whether you can wear it or not. By the way, if you're married to somebody like that, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's trouble. Just, if you've got to smell it, just don't. Just don't. Just go ahead. It's, it just... Yeah, take it to Tiffany. She'll handle it. And, uh, man, just don't, don't do that. Put off the old self. We, uh, most every rescue ministry has, has or has had a place. They call different things. A lot of times they call it the de-lousing room. And a person who's been on the streets or, or been uh, mentally ill for a while, <clears throat> and it's been, it's been more than days, and no change of clothes, and, and, no, and no bath or anything. And they'll have a place they can come in, they're sterilized, they can change, <clears throat> and, then the, and then the clothes are not returned to them after they have uh, showered and whatnot and uh, peroxide in, 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 the, in the process there. The process, not peroxide. They're given new clothes as part of their entry, never to see those again. I think sometimes our, our problem is we pick up stuff that's cankered and soiled, and dirty and hurtful. I think well, it won't. It won't. It won't hurt me. It won't hurt me. And we forget the corrosive nature of sin. We moved the uh, time before last. We we opened up a box that had a had a flashlight in it. And, and we opened it up and click click nothing. And I opened that thing up and, and the batteries. I don't know what it's called. They spoiled, whatever it was. And that, and that acid just, just right across there, and, and Andrea's, Andrea's hollering, you've got you to go wash that off, wash that off. And, and I'm not really picking up what just ran across my hand. And it was that battery acid, and I got in there, and, and just, a, just a mild burn. But I'm like, man, I've I got to be more careful. You know, I've got to be more careful. I'm, I was very cavalier. 
you know, if I'd let that get on me or if I'd been sitting down and falling on my legs or something like that, and, and I was kind of a little bit spooked. And so, <clears throat> and so we, 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 were, we were there. You know that to be true with chemicals. You know that to be true with different agents and reagents. But for whatever reason, we cozy right up to sin. He says one of the things ought to be true about you is that you have put off the old man. Put off the old man. Say, so when did I put off the old man? Romans 6, the old man is crucified with Christ. I don't wrestle with him anymore. I now wrestle with the flesh. But the thing to be true is that I'm not trying to pick that back up anymore. Let me help you here. If you are struggling in this area, I think you got a verse 20 and 21 problem. you got a truth problem. I said this in our groups this week. I said this Wednesday night. <coughs> Excuse me. I've hardly ever known anybody, leave their husband, leave their wife, get involved in sin, get drunk on the weekends, all these kind of things, who was daily in the Word. But you give up the Word of God and listening to it, memorizing it, and all of a sudden your heart's sitting, getting that big callous over it, and you start saying yes to things you ought to be running from. Put off the old man. Put off the old self. He says, secondly, he says, be renewed in our minds. Be renewed in our minds. The attitude of our minds. Be transformed. I've given you the text there, Romans 12, 1 and 2. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. One of the most important things you can do happens every day. We'll open God's Word and read it. <clears throat> we teach the children. At least we used to. I don't know. It's been a minute since I've been in junior church. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Help me out. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. And you'll grow, grow, grow. Y'all are dead as a hammer. <laughs> Some of you like, I didn't go to church as a kid. Well, Enjoy. Neglect your Bible, don't ever pray, don't ever pray, don't ever pray. Neglect your Bible, don't ever pray. You shrink, shrink, shrink. The reality is, and you'll corrode and implode, and etc. <clears throat> Brandon, was you in a... Yeah, was, was Brandon and I talking the other day about, about dental appointments. I am so sorry, Doc. Just close your ears. Getting ready to go to the dentist, and like, I hadn't flossed my teeth, and five months and two weeks. I can make up for it now. <laughs> we were talking. I said, how'd that work? He went, not well. And uh, I said, I finally gave up and started, figure, you know, figured out a way I could, you know, do it every day and make it simple. And, and uh, about two, uh, well, three years ago, Dennis finally looked at me and said, you done a good job. I said, say that to my phone. I've never, I've never heard that from a dentist. And, uh, and he, and he laughed and, and, uh, we, we get that. If you treat that like something that you're not real fond of, this ought to be the light of your life. This is how your mind is transformed. Your mind is transformed. He said it earlier, by the way, if you go back up to verse, verse 17 through 19, it's all about they walk in the futility of their minds. When the number one streaming platform in all of the world is a Twitch platform where people will sometimes pay money to other people to watch them play a game. Can't read their Bible, can't learn a verse, can't do their homework, can't do their chores, but they watch some dude in Washington State build a new world in Minecraft. It's not quite as boring as watching somebody play golf and so on. So on. I say you're against recreation? Not a minute. I'm simply saying they're better. there are things that take priority and then everything else falls in line. Somebody say amen to that. And we understand, be renewed 
in your mind. You can't listen to F-bombs and people talk about other people in sexually suggestive ways and then walk out with a clean mind. You can't constantly bombard yourself <coughs> with things that are TVMA and, and RA and all those kind of things and people jumping and hopping bed all the time and be renewed in your mind. You need to understand that there are things that are good for us and bad for us and at the moment of salvation to now, you are to be renewed in your mind. Then you're to put on the new man. Me and I here. Kids were... Uh, <coughs> Kids were uh, taking piano lessons, and it was coming up on a coming up on recital time. And Andre and I looked at each other. This was a few days ago. Looked at each other, and I said, "We don't, we don't have a dress for Allison. <laughs> we don't have anything resembling a fancy outfit for Riley." I said, e "Every other kid there is going to be formal dress and suit." I said, we're two weeks away. We've got to figure this out. We not only got to figure this out, but we've been in that cycle where <coughs> transmission broke and tire popped off and, you know, just handing strangers money. You ever been in that cycle of life where you just, you know, you didn't, you didn't even look at it long. You just kept handing it. That's where we were. Christian school tuition. What are we going to do? We prayed and we thought and, I said, call so-and-so. Their daughter's older. I wonder what they did with her dress last year. Let's go over here, second-hand shop. Riley's about the right height. Somebody had to have a monkey suit, and they got tired of it. We'll buy them a new shirt and tie. See what they got. We started scrambling. Here it is. Lady... Friend of Andrea's did her hair, did a did Allison's hair. We got Riley some pomade and smushed his down. No, no, nobody knew. Nobody knew it was the last second, the last moment, and the last, the last little bit. And they were attired brilliantly. We felt okay as parents. But if they'd shown up, dirty clothes, ragged britches, when they had better at home, we'd gone all this trouble to provide, make sure they had. Man, our feelings would have been hurt, and we'd have been a little, we'd have been a little embarrassed. Andre had been embarrassed, I'd have been cheesed. He's provided for you. The new man. You don't have to live like you used to, like you did anymore. You don't have to talk like you used to anymore. You don't have to, you don't have to act like you used to, react like you used to. You have a new heart. You have a new life. <clears throat> you have victory over sin, Romans chapter 6. You are victorious. You do not have to do that anymore. If you're dropping F-bomb, that's on you, not on Jesus. If you are constantly under, under overwhelmed by lust, that's on you. If you are not being faithful to your relationships, that's on you. That's not on Jesus. Don't live like lost people, but put on the new man. It's been provided for you. I've lived long enough. Look right at me. I've lived long enough. I've been around folks being adopted. 
I have, it's been a while since I, I've been there on a, on a choose you day. But I love them. I love them. And I love it when the foster looks up and says, I don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to go anywhere else. I've been there when the grandparents have gone and bought out the store. And they got tubs. And this is all for you. And I mean, you've got to be a cold-hearted somebody to not get all teary on those occasions. I can do you one better. When Jesus saved you from your sins, when he put you in his school and taught you about himself, and exposed you to the truth, and that truth transformed your life, and you put off the old man, and you're not to pick that up anymore, that's done with now, and you're being renewed in your mind by the Scripture, and learning the Scripture, memorizing the Scripture, and you get the thrill of putting on the new man. It's all because of what he did. Let me help you. And he knew how bad you were, and he still did it for you. And life doesn't have to be the same because of what Jesus did. You can be different. And if you are in Christ, let me help you, you are different. Colossians 3.8 But now put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Romans, I already quoted to you. I suggest to you, many writers say it like this, righteousness it's about the last half of the law there, chapter uh, the uh, commandment 6 through 10. In the first half, there's holiness, my relationship to God. He has created and given you ability to rightly relate to Him and rightly relate to one another. <clears throat> Let me finish. It's June, I'm sorry, July 30th, 1945. The USS Indianapolis had successfully navigated across the Pacific and delivered the enriched uranium that would be used to successfully end World War II, their triumphant return back was interrupted. A Japanese torpedo sank the ship. The first 12 minutes of the attack, 300, 300 men died. <coughs> More than 900 were wounded and ended up in the salt in the sea. Of those 900 men, only 316 would survive the four full days and the five nights that they endured in the ocean. Writing of that later on, the chief medical officer, Lewis Haynes, said, the number one problem we had was not the sharks and not the exposure. It was trying to convince the sailors were panicking to not drink the salt water. He said the younger ones were the worst. They panicked. They didn't feel like they had hope. And before we could get to them, they would imbibe the salt water, which would further dehydrate them and make them hallucinate. The bobbing up and down in the ocean, the lack of any line of sight, point of land, they would hallucinate and begin to attack the others and would drown in a fit of madness. The soldiers took a proactive state. Excuse me, the sailors took a proactive state. 
If they saw anyone getting desperate, drinking the salt water, they would attack them. They would restrain them. They would use each other as life buoys until the madness, the thirst had passed as they held out hope. Captain Haynes said, I, of course, just in the sea that long, drank in some accidentally. And the sun and the bit of salt water gave me some of the same hallucinations, but I held on to hope that there was something better coming. The 316 men said of their ordeal, and the 600 that they watched give way to madness. It forever changed their life. Don't act like lost people. 17 through 19. Don't. That will not end well. It is never ended well. Instead, embrace what Jesus has done in your life. You will not, you will not take in the salt water and it not affect you. You're just not going to. And if you're having a problem living for Jesus, I suggest to you the first place to look, is that a word problem? Is it a truth problem? Say, man, it convicts me. That's great. It encourages me. That's great. But you don't have to live like you, you do anymore. You got new clothes. You got a new home. You got a new father. You got a new relationship. You got new power. You got new victory. Everything is different because of what Jesus has done for you. You can live differently now. You are to live differently now because of all that he has done for you. Because a growing church is full of people with changed lives. Pray with me, Father. We love you and thank you for loving us. <clears throat> Lord, the, the verses are so rich, and we just kind of skim the surface, but I hope they're helpful. I hope more than that. I hope they're good reminders. What they are to me. My life's so different because of what you did for me. My family's life is different because of what you did for me. My life is different in totality because of what you've done for me. <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard for me to verbalize. The fact that I get to put on robes of righteousness, I, that I got a new, ma- new nature, that I don't have to sin anymore, Lord, it's just overwhelming. That my life can be purposeful, full of meaning, and that things are different now. And Lord, if we've been encouraged or tempted to go back and drink the salt water of the world, I pray folks spit it out this morning. I pray they'd repent of that. I pray if their time is consumed with trivial things or worthless things or sensual sexual things, or maybe it's just eating away at their sanctification this morning, they come, they lay that on the altar. Recreation's fine, enjoyment's fine. Lord, you know that's not what I said. Father, things that corrode us we need to put away and so God if you're convicting I pray that you would draw people to yourself pray they respond Lord for, Lord, what you've done in my heart again Lord thrilling me things are different everything's different now I've not only put on the new man but I get to keep putting them on Lord I keep, get to keep daily killing sin making sure that I'm not letting it have a toehold in my life And that I recognize the mania that comes 
from cozying back up to the world. So I pray you draw us even now. Help us be honest this morning. I pray in your son's name our heads are bowed just for a moment. Brother Forrest is playing playing invitation for us. Maybe God's thrilled your heart this morning. You want to come and respond. God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for changing my family's life. Maybe you want to come. You want to pray. God, we reached a lot of people this weekend. and pray we'd reach more. Pray we'd see more people make their public profession of faith. If people need to be baptized, maybe today you're saying, you know, I need to go ahead and set that up. I need to tell anybody who will listen that I belong to him. And I don't care who knows it. You want to be obedient. Maybe you just want to come. There's there's something that's, that's, that's got a hold in you. You need to put that away. You may need to go home, turn some bottles upside down in the sink, and throw those away. You may need to get, you may need to go home. You may need to delete some subscription channels. You may need to go home, put some different passwords on some things, some passcodes, move the computer out into the main room. Everybody can sit. Whatever it is, and you go through and clean out the DVR. I, I don't know what it is, but it's not helping you spiritually. God's put his finger there and said, that's what lost people do. That's how pagans without God live. You don't want to live that way. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to live that way. Whatever it is this morning, would you stand quietly to your feet? God's dealing with your heart. Maybe you want to come rejoice. Maybe you need to come repent. Maybe you just want to come be thankful. Whatever it is, I invite you to respond. Father, help us right now in these moments as we give an invitation, opportunity to respond. Folks would do that because of what you're doing in our lives. I pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Our heads are bowed just for a moment. Some have come. Maybe you want to come. Maybe you want to come pray. May God help us. We, we so want to take the next steps in some areas, some volunteer areas. We, we've been asking God to do that. Maybe you want to come. You're praying for somebody in particular. You see the mania growing as they continue to drink the salt water from the devil. And they're about to drown. You don't want them to live like that. You don't want them to end up like that. You're praying for them. Maybe you just want to come thank God that your story is you put off the old man, that you've been renewed in your mind, and that you get to put on the new man. You get to do that, by the way, daily, I think. But that event, those events happen because of what Jesus did for you. And you're excited and thrilled about it this morning. Would you do that? Maybe you want to kneel, sit back down where you are, and thank the Lord and pray to Him. I believe biblical, <laughs> biblical response is always, in, is always encouraged, is always expected. God's dealing with you right now. And say, I, don't, I hear what you said, preacher, but I'm not sure what I need to do next. Here's what I'd love you to do. I'd love for you to talk to me. If you're a lady, you want to talk to Miss Sandra or someone, I'd be glad to help you. I'd be thrilled. We set an appointment, we do it after service, whatever we need to do. Some of you are like me, you're like, you know, I let some things get in my life that don't need to be there. And, and I don't even remember how they got there. But they're not doing me any favors. Maybe you just got out of the habit of getting in the truth. And you got a word problem that's turned into all kinds of other problems. You treat it like an ideal. You treat it like a concept or a theory instead of, I need to jump in both feet. Read to understand and read to obey. Lord God, we love you and we thank you for loving us. I pray you'd help us in these moments. I ask it in your son's wonderful name. And amen. Amen. You can be seated. Be seated. Thank you so much.
If you're our guest here from Knoxville area, as, as Brandon said a moment ago, I hope uh, we get a chance to say thank you to you. If you had a chance to fill out a connection card, you can drop it in the little offering box back there, and, uh, and we can do that if you, if you got a chance to do that. Not you can hand it to me. I've got a special gift for you. Not what we're giving other people. We're giving you. And so we want to encourage, encourage, uh, encourage you to do that. And then, uh, and then, Brandon, if you grab somebody, go ahead and tell Miss Andrea so she can get the, get the ice cream ready. Maybe, maybe Miss Dawn, maybe you can help, you can help her or somebody, whoever, whoever likes ice cream, just follow Brandon, and we'll get the ice cream. In just a moment, in celebration of everything, we're gonna, we're gonna thank the Lord for, <coughs> for our, uh, our guest here from the Harper Road Church, and we're so appreciative of them. Just uh, let me say one more thing. Camp is coming up. July 11th, and so, so we want to encourage you. If, you're, if your children hadn't signed up and they're able to go, we'd love to do that. We do have some scholarship money this year, and so, and so we do that. We, uh, we've got a, we're using a rental van this time, so we're not having to pray much more when we, <laughs> when we drive. Uh, we prayed. I prayed all the way up there, and I got up there, and, and uh, it's never a good trip when you've got to go somewhere and go to a mechanic as soon as you get there. So Hopefully, we won't have that. We're, we're, we've got a nice rental this year. But uh, I say that with a smile on my face. But, man, I was uh, praying very hard last year. And so, uh, so we've got that. So some things like that. So thank you. I want, this, I want to save our time. If I could, would it be all right, everybody? I'd love for the folks from Harper Road to come toward the front. And then as soon as they get up here, could our folks come around them? I'd love for us to pray for them. Any church willing to be here instead of their services, serve us. I think, I think we honor them by praying for them. And then you can fellowship and all, and then as you head out today, we'll, uh, we'll, we've got some ice cream, uh, some fun stuff for everyone who, uh, who will have one. <coughs> and uh, so we'll go from there. Come on up. You come, a little, come a little closer here. Nobody will bite you. We just nibble. And then they're, as they're coming, our folks, if you would, come on up here and help us pray for them. Here's the best understanding I have. They, they plan to do it. That's biblical. They prayed about doing it. That's biblical. They sacrificed to do it. That's very biblical. Then they came. They were open to most anything. They served. They did things that nobody ever noticed. <clears throat> they went out praying, inviting, trying to draw a push, a, a pull people here. They served, ministered to the least of these. Talked to children about Jesus yesterday. They fellowship. They did life together. Prayed for one another. I, you know, I, I checked a lot of boxes of the one another's in the last three days, and um, I'm overwhelmed. So let's uh, let's pray for them. Pray for pray for pastors. He leads them for all the lay leadership. Pray for the young people in particular. This was again their their kind of trip, and so we're thankful there. And when we say Amen, fellowship, and all together, don't forget we've got some things. And if you are a guest, again, I'll be glad to greet you in the lobby and just won't. Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed. Let's rejoice. Bill Blair, if you would, dismiss us, please.